Fellow Mountaineers, you made it to episode 10 of the Bearded Eared podcast titled Trust the Beard. In this episode, I will reveal my week four college football ratings and I'll preview Texas Tech at West Virginia for Saturday, 3.30 on ESPN+. I want to remind all the old grads and young lads, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just search Trust the Beard. And follow me on social media on X and Facebook at Earbeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Without further ado, we'll dive into episode 10, which I have titled, I Need to See Some ID. everyone. I'm going to interrupt this episode just for some uh, quick corrections. I do refer to the game against Texas Tech as on ESPN2, but that's actually on ESPN+, Plus, so I do apologize for that. And then later in the episode, I'm trying to remember where I rated West Virginia in the overall ratings last week, and that ended up being 72. So when I get to that part, just remember I said that here. But that's all I have, so we'll get back into the episode. Hey, Mountaineer Nation. Welcome to episode 10. Today, I'm going to review or preview West Virginia hosting Texas Tech Saturday, 3.30 on ESPN2. I will also get into my college football ratings. I'll show you where West Virginia stands, my top 15, where the Big 12 uh, looks among other conferences, and I'll give you some of my Big 12 matchups and predictions. With that said, we're going to jump into a little bit of an intro of West Virginia versus Texas Tech. So we're going to kind of go on from pit into now and and what, where our mindset needs to be. Okay, we had a big emotional win against Pitt. That's awesome. We cannot let that affect us against Texas Tech. So we beat our rival, but we cannot allow our rival to beat us this week. Right, We can't be so focused on that win that we lose track of our next game. And this is a very important game. Um, you know, I like to do a grading system for everything. If, if Pitt was an A-plus as far as what it meant to us, Texas Tech should probably be an A-minus. Right? You, you don't have the rivalry in the history that you do with Pitt. But as far as getting the win, it's almost just as important. Uh, this is a home game. As we all know, Tech has had our number. It's time for payback. And I've said this many times. We, if we're going to have a successful season, I think three and one is so crucial for a start. Now, can we be successful at two and two? Certainly. It it has happened before. But at three and one, you put yourself in such a better position, obviously. Right after that, you have eight games. And can you win half of those to get to seven wins, right? Seven ensures a a bowl victory, or I'm sorry, a a bowl game. I know six does, but seven, there's no question, right? And then if you can get that extra win in the bowl game, you got eight for the year. And and I think that's a good year for us, uh, considering what the expectations were, at least from the media. So that's why this game is so important. You know, Neil Brown has fared pretty well at home. Uh, he's not fared well against Texas Tech. And uh, hopefully we don't let that that victory over Pitt affect us. Um, and certainly Texas Tech is going to have one of the better offenses that we'll see. Um, maybe even better than, than Penn State um, as far as just pure numbers. And again, later we'll dive into those. I'll go through some categories and our rankings and, and see where everything comes out on that. Uh, but just leading into this game, the mindset we need to have is uh, turn the page, right? Um, and I, I really can't stress how important this game is as well. Mountaineer fans, you need to show out just as you did for Pitt. Um, I, I know it's it's so much easier to get hyped up for that rivalry. Um, you know, there's so much hatred between the two schools. But we, 
but the, the team needs you there as much Saturday as you were last Saturday. Um, it's a 3.30 kick. It's usually my favorite, right? You can get a lot of stuff done in the morning. Uh, you're not waiting all the way till the evening, especially if you're attending the game. Uh, you get out at a decent time, maybe 7 o'clock, so you're not coming home at 1 or 2 in the morning. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how I, I, I view this one. Uh, it is a must-win as much as Pitt was. So with that said, um, we will dive into some numbers. Uh, actually, first we'll get into the college football ratings. Then we'll dive into some numbers with Texas Tech. And again, I'll kind of give a, a final preview at the end and give my final score prediction. Okay, so we're going to jump into the college football rating system. So I'm going to start out by giving you my top 15 uh, for the for week three results, you know, coming into week four. And then I'm going to add a few more categories I really haven't done before. So I'll give you some top five wins, top five losses, uh, some of the biggest scores uh, on the winning end and also on the losing end. And then we will dive into where the Big 12 sits uh, among the other Power Five conferences. And I will also tell you where West Virginia sits overall in the rankings and where they sit in the Big 12 right now. Um, so I will reveal my top 15 coming into week four. So at 15, I have Oregon, 14 is Utah, 13 is Georgia, 12 is Michigan, <clears throat> 11 is Ohio State, 10 is Miami, 9 is Ole Miss, 8 is North Carolina, 7 is Penn State, 6 is Oklahoma, 5 is Florida State, 4 is USC, 3 is Washington, 2 is Texas, and coming into week 4, number 1 is Notre Dame. Now again, I will hold for moans and groans, and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, now that we got those out of the way, um, I will explain again why Notre Dame is number one. Uh, it is a slight flaw in the system, I will admit, uh, but they are number one because they have four games under their belt, while most teams ha only have three because Notre Dame played in uh, week zero, right? Their opening game against Navy in Ireland. Uh, but certainly... They haven't played anyone amazing, but they do have quite the uh, scoring margin over those teams. Um, now, obviously this week, they are coming up against Ohio State, so that will be a true test if they are number one. If they lose, they will certainly fall. If they win, maybe they are deserving of that, at least in the top five, right? Uh, these are kind of... Only in order for this week. As I said, the, these always change. If you notice, USC dropped out of the number one spot to number four. Well, they had a bye. They didn't play anybody. Other teams won, advanced, got more points. Now, does this mean that USC can never get to number one? No. If they keep winning, they'll end up there. Same as everybody else. And I know last week I had Georgia at number 17, and I believe Alabama was in the... 23-22 range. Well, Georgia moved up to 13 with a win over South Carolina. And I pick on Georgia because, you know, they, they're number one in pretty much all the polls. Um, now, if you watch that game against South Carolina, uh, they didn't seem like a number one team to me. Uh, they struggled. Now they came out in the second half and won. Um, and South Carolina surely is, is a decent team. There, there are no uh, pushovers. Um, but if you're the number one team, you expect a little bit more. And that was at home too, right? That was, you know, between the hedges. Uh, so I think this ranking is, is, is starting to reflect a little bit. Now, again, Georgia can get to number one if they keep on winning. Certainly they have a hard schedule with the SEC. Um, and the same with Alabama, right? I, I think they moved up maybe two spots and I have them at 22 actually. And if you watched their game last week against U.S. or uh, South Florida, they didn't look like a top 10 team to me. Uh, they struggled. Now, again, South Florida is under new management. 
the name escapes me right now, uh, the, the head coach, but he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee last year, who certainly put up big numbers. So, you know, he's building something there. Um, of course, there was a rain delay, you know, heavy weather. That can all affect that stuff. Um, but at the level that South Florida is right now, uh, pretty much in a rebuild, Alabama did not look like a top 10 team to me. Uh, I think in the polls, they may be, what, number 10 exactly. Um, so, right, uh, your, your performance matters week to week. Again, I, I this isn't a, a rating system that's going to put Georgia one, and as long as they don't lose, they'll always be one. Uh, no, you have to perform well. Uh, and certainly Alabama didn't. So that's why they're still just slightly into the top 25. Um, they did not look like a top 10 team against South Florida. Now, with that said, I will go ahead and uh, let you know where West Virginia sits. After beating Pitt by 11 points, they moved up to number 58 overall. Uh, if you remember last week, I do believe I had them... Um, I'll have to double check on that. I think it was in the 60s. Um, high 60s, maybe. Uh, I will confirm that later in another segment. Uh, but they did move up. They're now in the 50s. They're at 58 uh, with their win over Pitt. Now, Pitt is not that impressive. Uh, so they didn't jump up a lot. And we only beat them by 11. Um, but still, we moved up in the rankings. And again, as we keep winning, if we do, we'll move up even higher. So with that said, we will jump into the um, the Big 12 ratings. Um, I'll show you where the Big 12 ranks overall. Or I'm sorry, before we get into that, I'm all over the place today. Uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday morning, and I, I hope to put this out this afternoon just to let you know. Uh, so we'll look at some top five wins um, for, for week three. Uh, my top five, in really no particular order, uh, these were just teams that had uh, the most quality win over quality opponents. So certainly Missouri with their win over Kansas State, LSU with a big win at Mississippi State, Florida with a big win over Tennessee, uh, BYU going on the road, huge win over Arkansas, and certainly, that personally this is my number one, is Washington going to Michigan State and putting it all over uh, the Spartans. Now the top five losses, uh, Stanford, uh, that's pretty bad. Losing to FCS, Sacramento State, uh, UTSA losing to Army, Wake Forest losing to Old Dominion, Vanderbilt losing to UNLV, and then I have Louisiana Tech losing to uh, North Texas. And what categorizes these as top losses is you lost the most points. Um, certainly Stanford is number one because you lost to an FCS team. So as I said before, if you beat an FCS, I don't give you any points um, for the opponent. I will give you points for uh, the score margin, but your opponent gets nothing because you should beat them. So when you lose to an FCS team, uh, you suffer a lot. Um, so if, if, I, if you lose to the last place team, you lose 133 points, right? Because that's what they're worth. If you lose to an FCS, you're losing 134. Um, that's bad, especially for a Power 5 team. So that's why Stanford uh, ranks number one as the, as the top loss, because they lost the most amount of points for that week. Now, some of the biggest scores. My top five, SMU over Prairie A&M. Uh, that's a no-brainer. They did score 69. That was the highest margin for the week. Coastal Carolina over Duquesne scored 59. Uh, this was a big one. O uh, Ohio State over Western Kentucky. They scored 53 uh, and the, the point margin. And UCLA over uh, North Carolina Central. They scored 52. And then Oklahoma over Tulsa. The point margin was 49. Now turning to top five, uh, I'll call it negative scores. Again, Western Kentucky is in there. They lead. Uh, they lost to Ohio State by 53. 
Uh, Tulsa lost to Oklahoma by 49. Hawaii lost to Oregon by 45. UL UL Monroe lost to Texas A&M by 44. FAU, Florida Atlantic lost to Clemson by 34. And Michigan State, um, that's the biggest one again. That was my number one win for Washington. Um, They hosted Washington, Michigan State did, and lost by 34. That's that's a butt kicking, right? with two power five teams and and good power five teams, right? These these are programs with a history. Um, So that was a big loss for, for Michigan state. Um, So that's my top 15. That's my ratings. uh, You know, my top five wins where West Virginia stands this next segment. um, I'll show you where West Virginia is in the big 12 overall and where the big 12 stands in average ranking compared to the other power five teams or conferences, I should say. now we're going to look into the Big 12, uh, some of the standings as far as the average team's rankings, and we'll compare that to all the other Power 5 programs. I'll show you where West Virginia sits, and then I'll give my uh, pick'ems just for the Big 12 uh, coming up for Week 4. So overall for the Big 12, WVU is ranked 58th, which places them 9th in the conference. Now certainly this does not include Uh, Big 12 records that all get started this weekend. Uh, But as far as the overall rank of each team in every conference, West Virginia sits at number nine in the Big 12, which is an improvement. You know, I had them at 11 or 12 at the preseason. I think they kind of hovered around there the last couple weeks. So certainly with the win over Pitt, um, they they jump up uh, a spot or two. Now overall ranking, SEC comes in at number one. Uh, not surprised. Their average ranking is 32.285. They do have, it looks to be one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the top 25. You got Alabama 22, Missouri 21, LSU 19, Auburn 18, Georgia 13, and Ole Miss at number nine. Uh, Their lowest rated team is actually Vanderbilt at 77. Uh, They were in the 50s last week, I believe. They took a pretty big dive losing to UNLV. Um, Second on the list, surprise again, the Pac-12. They are playing really well so far this year. Um, Their average rank is 37.91. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the top 25. That is Washington State at 25, Oregon State at 23, UCLA at 17, Oregon at 15, Utah at 14, USC at four, and Washington at three. And just sitting outside is Colorado at 27. Um, And now with that, I I think this rating system is fairly accurate, you know, because I know a lot of teams have Colorado within the top 25. Uh, I think maybe 18 I've seen, uh, maybe 17. You know, if you watched the game last week against Colorado State, if we're projecting them to be top 25, I know it's a rival, but they should probably beat Colorado State uh, by a decent amount. You know, going into double overtime um, to get the win. You know, they have a, they have a good offense, right? They can put up points, but they also can give up a lot of points. And really, if you're striving to be the top echelon of college football, um, you you have to your defense has to play a factor. I, I know we all are attracted to the shiny new offense that puts up lots of points and lots of yards. But if you don't have a defense that can balance that out, then it's for nothing, right? And and I always go back to WVU Baylor in 2012. You know, phenomenal numbers offensively, but defensively, that was the, the worst game I've ever seen. Um, but anyway, I, I digress and I'm rambling on again here. So the Pac-12 comes in at number two. Um, Number three is the Big Ten. Their average rank is 46.428. They have three teams in the top 25. That's Penn State at seven, Ohio State at 11, Michigan at 12. Now again, this could be controversial. A lot of polls have Michigan at number two. Uh, If you look at who they've played, I don't believe they're the number two team. Uh, If you can put Michigan at two, you can certainly put Notre Dame at number one. 
they all both teams have not really played anybody. I think Michigan may have one of the softest out of conference schedules I've seen. Uh, so to think that they are the number two team right now, it's hard to say. Again, if they win out, they will prove it. Like just like any other of these top 25 teams. Uh, so moving on, the Big 12 unfortunately does fall at number four uh, in the Power Five conferences. The average rank of 47.285. Uh, they have two teams in the top 25: Texas at two, Oklahoma at six, and Kansas and Kansas State are right on the cusp, sitting on the outside at 26 and 28. Certainly, Kansas State with their loss to Missouri kind of knocks them out. Uh, and then Central Florida is right there at number 30. And again, as I as I noted, West Virginia does sit at 58. Um, but what is nice about Big 12 is they don't have any teams in the 90s or 100s uh, like other conferences other than the SEC. Our two low, lowest rated teams are Houston and Baylor at 80 and 88. Uh, but last and certainly least, as I always say I will rag on the ACC their average rank is 51.714 they do have five teams in the top 25 so you have Florida State at 5 UNC at 8, Miami at 10 Duke at 16 and Syracuse right in there at 24 Uh, the next highest was Clemson at 38 but they do have three teams in the 90s and 100s So Georgia Tech at 97, and then they have the two lowest rated Power 5 teams with Boston College and Virginia at 109 and 113. Uh, So certainly that brings down their overall rating, even though they have uh, five top 25 teams. Um, So that's a look at that. Again, SEC's one, Pac-12 two, Big 10 three, Big 12 four, ACC five. Um, So now we're going to jump over and we'll look at the Big 12 games uh, slated for this weekend. And I'll give you my picks. Again, these picks are simply who is rated higher. Um, So for instance, I have Oklahoma State at Cincinnati. Oklahoma is rated higher in my ratings than Cincinnati. So I picked Oklahoma. Uh, I don't factor that it's a road game, weather delays, injuries, uh, you know, coaching scandals, anything like that. Uh, that does not play a factor. This is simply who is rated higher. And so far, I'm about an 86% success rate on my picks uh, out of 177 games. Uh, so not too bad, right? So again, I have Oklahoma traveling to Cincinnati, getting the win. Uh, SMU visits TCU. I picked the Horn Frogs. BYU travels to Kansas. I picked the Jayhawks. Uh, Oklahoma State travels to Iowa State. I picked the Cowboys. Sam Houston travels to Houston. Uh, probably not very long trip. I, I assume Sam Houston is in Houston. Uh, I do have the Cougars taking that victory, which is much needed for them. Uh, Texas travels to Baylor. I have the Longhorns beating the Bears. Central Florida travels to Kansas State. I have the Wildcats bouncing back after their loss to Missouri to take that one. And last but not least, Texas Tech travels to Morgantown to face West Virginia. And to much of the delight of me and Mountaineer Nation, I do have West Virginia winning that game straight up. Now, that will be a pretty close game um, as I have my ratings, like I said, uh, West Virginia is 58, and I believe I have Texas Tech at 65, 66. So it's pretty close, and I expect a tight game. Um, So there's my rankings. There's my uh, pick-ems for the Big 12. Next, we'll get into the WVU Texas Tech preview. We'll break down some numbers. And then finally, I'll give some final thoughts on the game, what to expect, some keys to victory, and my final score prediction. Hey everybody, get your pocket protectors, your calculators, and your horn rim glasses. Time to get nerdy. We're going to dive into some numbers here. We're going to rank West Virginia versus Texas Tech and 
seven specific categories, and we'll see who comes out on top. So as a disclaimer, these rankings and these numbers are only against Division I opponents. So Power 5 and G5. I did not include FCS. So West Virginia played Duquesne. Texas Tech played Tarleton, I believe. If I've mispronounced that, I apologize to the Tarleton faithful that are listening right now if you're out there. But in the first category, uh, or set of categories, I have the stats that I use to get my preseason ratings um, and how I rank my teams. So again, those are average scoring margin, yards per play, punts per game, turnover margin, penalties per game. And so we'll go through those. We'll weigh them against each other and see who comes out on top. So to let you guys know, Texas Tech does lead in most of these categories, but there are two X factors where West Virginia dominates, and I think that can be a key to victory, but we will get into that a little bit later. So starting out, average scoring margin, Texas Tech ranks 73rd with negative five. So that means on average, their opponents outscore them by five points. For West Virginia, we rank 81st at negative six average scoring margin. For yards per play, Texas Tech is ranked 44th at 5.7 yards per play. West Virginia is 119 with four yards per play. So certainly Texas Tech dominates us in that category. Opponent yards per play, so what we give up. Texas Tech is is ranked 50th at 5.1, and West Virginia is 81st at 5.6. So a nod to the Red Raiders for that. Punts per game. Texas Tech has three. They are ranked sixth overall. West Virginia has 3.5 average, and they are ranked eighth overall. So those rankings may seem high, and the reason for that is between all 133 teams, so many teams have a are tied for three with Texas Tech, and so many teams are tied with WVU for 3.5. Um, so there's not an actual one through 133 ranking. You have groups of 10, 20 at a time that are all tied together. Um, so that's why Texas Tech is sixth. That's why we're eighth. Again, so many teams are tied uh, and have the same number. And the same with opponents. Uh, punts per game. So Texas Tech forces 4.5 punts per game. That's good for 12th overall. And West Virginia punts or forces three punts per game. That's good for 18th overall. So again, Texas Tech has the nod in that category. Now here are two X factors that I believe are important. And certainly West Virginia has showed that that is a strength for them this year. And they dominate Texas Tech in these categories. So turnover margin. Texas Tech is at a negative 1.5. So on average, they turn the ball over 1.5 more times than their opponent does. So they are ranked 118th in the country. West Virginia is ranked 21st and we are at plus one. So we force one more turnover than we give up on average, which is good, right? That's something that Neil Brown said that they worked on Uh, in the offseason through fall camp and certainly through the first three games uh, and according to these ratings the first two games against power five opponents um, that has that has shown in penalties per game texas tech has 6.5 and they are ranked 80th and west virginia has 4.5 and they are ranked 30th so again west virginia dominates in that category um, and i put that in there because i believe it shows kind of measures your mental aspect of the game and kind of your discipline. So when we average these rankings, West Virginia comes out slight edge at 51.142 to Texas Tech's 54.714. So again, the the closer to one you are, the better. So that's why the slight edge for West Virginia. Now, obviously we have to weigh these rankings against the strength of schedule, right? You put up these numbers, but you have to see how they compare with the level of competition, right? If we're only playing FCS teams and you're putting up all kinds of big numbers, it doesn't really mean a lot. Now, when you 
focus more on power five and some G5, and you're still putting up big numbers, then that means something. So strength of schedule, uh, Texas Tech has a slight edge, very slim. They are rated 43rd overall, and West Virginia is rated 46th overall in strength of schedule. But when you factor that in to the overall ranking of the other categories, West Virginia has the slight edge, and they have an output of 0.594 to Texas Tech's 0.614. So again, the closer to zero you are on this output, the better. That's why the slight edge for West Virginia. And that is a margin of 0.0201, which is actually slimmer than what it was against Pitt last week. So we remember what a tight game that was. I expect the same here. Um, and again, that's that favors West Virginia in these categories. But next segment, we'll get uh, deeper into these offenses, offensive and defensive categories. We'll also throw in red zone scoring margin, uh, you know, touchdowns only, uh, sack percentage. And again, we will weigh that against the strength of schedule and see who comes out on top. So as we continue our nerdery, we'll, we will get into some more categories. Like I said previously, we'll do rush yards per game, pass yards per game, red zone scoring margin, sacks, opponent sacks, and sack percentage. So with these, actually West Virginia leads a number of categories, um, but I think partly is because of the opponents we've had. One of them being Pitt, which had a putrid offense. Um, it was kind of easy for us to defend, it seemed, if you watched the game. So certainly that plays a factor. But overall, we'll, we'll look at the rankings. So rush yards per game. We do lead Texas Tech in that category. West Virginia ranks 57 with 153.5 yards rushing per game. Texas Tech is 69th with... 134.5 excuse me opponent rushing yards per game so what we give up we are rated 66 giving up 138 yards on the ground and texas tech is 71st giving up 142.5 it's a very slim margin in favor of west west virginia passing yards per game uh this one category is where Texas Tech dominates. Uh, they are ranked 16th overall with 310 yards per game. And West Virginia is 129th. So pretty much the bottom of the barrel at 111 passing yards per game. Certainly that's going to play a factor in Saturday's game uh, with Nico under center. Uh, we will have to improve that, uh, I, I think, if we're going to win. But opponent passing yards per game. So Texas Tech is ranked 89th. They give up 254 yards. West Virginia is 44th, giving up 206.5 yards per game. So we do have a bit of an edge in that category by about 45 spots. Now, again, as I mentioned before, the pit game kind of plays a factor, right? They did not have a passing game at all. And so that really drops that number down uh, when your opponent is that bad, even for a power five team. Um, you know, they were pretty awful. And again, I credit West Virginia defense for some of that, but also I think it's about a 50-50 of us being improved and, that, and Pitt's offense just being so terrible. Uh, now red zone scoring margin. So the, this is um, how many uh, times you score once you get into the red zone. And I only do touchdowns, right? I, I eliminate field goals uh, because I think that's the difference of being good and great. Right now, both teams are tied with nine apiece. Uh, so we are equal in that category. Uh, sacks per game, Texas Tech has 1.5. They rank 84th. West Virginia has one sack per game, 
and they are ranked 103rd. So slight edge to Texas Tech. Opponent sacks per game, Texas Tech gives up 3.5, and they are rated 110. West Virginia gives up 2.5, and they are rated 80th in the country. Now, sack percentage, as I explained last episode, so this is the, uh, with the amount of opportunities you have to sack the quarterback, so essentially pass plays, this is the percentage of plays where you actually get the sack. So for Texas Tech, they are rated 101 in the country with 3.7% sack percentage. And West Virginia has a slight edge, rated 98th in the country at 3.85%. So again, that's the percent of the time that you get the sack when you have the opportunity to get one. Um, So again, West Virginia leads more categories, but if we look at the overall average Texas Tech has a slight edge with an average ranking of 77.142 to West Virginia's 82.428. That is a difference, or I'm sorry, uh, and we will weigh that against the strength of schedule. Now, what hurts West Virginia in this is actually two, really one category, and that is our passing yards per game. Um, We are ranked 129th. That really skews our ranking overall. I think if that was improved, we would have the edge over Texas Tech. Um, But unfortunately, uh, they dominate us in that category. And our rushing yards, while it's slightly higher, we don't dominate them in rushing like they do us in passing. Um, So... They, they have a decent running game, right? They, they average 134 yards per game. That's pretty good. Um, certainly they have a more potent offense than we do. But I think we may have a better defense. And also, again, as we saw before, with the X factors uh, of turnover margins and penalties. Uh, I think these all play a role if West Virginia is to get the victory. So back to the stats and the rankings. Uh, Okay, I gave you the average. Now, again, we will weigh that against the strength of schedule. And Texas Tech does have the slight edge. They come out to 0.8667 to West Virginia's 0.9584. So a difference of 0.0917. So again, very slim. And now I actually took the average of both sets of categories. And I put them together. And overall, Texas Tech does have the slimmest of, um, I guess, edges of, over West Virginia, right? They, they lead us, they have a .7407 average, and we have a .7765. So that's a difference of .0357. Again, very, very slim margin. I expect this to be a tight game. The numbers indicate that uh, from what I've put out here. So with that said, uh, we will jump into the next segment. I'll kind of give my final thoughts on everything and uh, I'll give you some keys to victory for West Virginia and my final prediction. Okay, Mountaineer fans. So I'm going to give a quick um, review of the of the Texas Tech WVU game this weekend. Um, kind of my final thoughts on it. Uh, what West Virginia needs to do to win. And of course my final prediction. Uh, but first, I want to say that West Virginia seems to be forming an identity. And that's what we need to win, right? And, and so far what we've seen through three games, uh, three games, A strong running game, certainly. Strong O-line, certainly. A strong D-line, really front seven, D-line and linebackers. And as of lately, uh, it looks like a strong secondary. Now, we did play Pitt, and they have a bad quarterback. We caused a lot of that disruption. Um, But also, he made some errant throws, and we really just took advantage of it. But if you remember in the Pitt... Penn State game, uh, 
we were being a little disruptive there too, right? We forced some incompletes uh, in the red zone or at least close to the red zone that, that forced uh, Penn State to kick some field goals. So certainly I, I think it's there, uh, right? I, it's only been three games, but there is a trend that we seem to be good at getting pressure. Uh, maybe not sacks overall, but it seems like we are really affecting the way the quarterback uh, is either reading the defense uh, or, or making it difficult uh, to get into a rhythm and, and connect on his throws. So that's certainly something we have to look out for. And if that's going to be our identity, um, then we need to go full force. And I think previous seasons, it seems like that's something that we were lacking. Um, you know, I know Neil is about balance, you know, balancing your offense and your defense uh, and your passing and your rushing. But, and this is just from a fan perspective, you know, I, I don't have a PhD in football. I'm, I'm maybe a 200 level person <laughs> if, if it was a class. Uh, but it seems to me that having that balance mentality kind of played into the opposition's hands, right? We were only doing what the defense was allowing us to do. And that's great if you have, you know, the horses or the thoroughbreds to do that and the athletes that can just go make plays. But I think that was something we were lacking a little bit in previous seasons. Now we have that, but it seems like we have an identity and the difference between a good team and a great team is when the opposition knows what you're going to do and you do it anyway and they can't stop it, right? So we're, we're not reacting to what the defense gives us. It's like, okay, they're backing off, so we're going to run a little. Oh, they're pressing up, so we're going to throw a little. Now, certainly you do that through the course of a game, right? You, there's always that saying, take what the defense gives you. But there are moments where... The, the the opposing defense knows you're going to run. You know you're going to run. Everyone watching the game knows you're going to run. And they can't stop you from doing it. I, I think that's the identity that we've, uh, we're starting to form this season. Which is a huge advantage, right? You, you need that uh, uh, to be a winning program. Or at least a winning team for the season. And so if a strong run game... Uh, lots of pressure on the quarterback from our D-line and linebackers and creating turnovers. That needs to be our identity. If that's what we're going to be, we need to go full force, like I said. Um, so that does um, limit our passing game a little bit, which may be okay because now we have a our backup quarterback coming in. Um, but if you're looking at the stats like, like we did in the last segment, uh, clearly Texas Tech is the better offense. Um, they throw it around the yard a lot. Um, they have a good balance with the run game. You know, as much as we run the ball, Texas Tech is not far behind in what they average, right? We we are 153 and we are a run-heavy team. They're 134. Um, so, you know, we, like I said before, we don't dominate the run game against them like they dominate the pass game against us. Um, so certainly those pressures and those forced turnovers, that's going to come into play. That That is going to be a key to victory for West Virginia. And as I, I showed in the in our stats in the previous, you know, we, we dominate them in turnover margin and penalties. Uh, so that's where, that's where our bread and butter is going to be. That's where we're going to have to win this game. Um, we are going to have to put pressure on their quarterback to make bad decisions and bad throws. And our secondary is going to have to capitalize on that and get some turnovers. Now, certainly the offense needs to step up a little bit. I think our passing game has to evolve. Uh, we don't have to make great strides, but with your backup quarterback, um, those wide receivers, they, they need to step up. Um, you know, we didn't ask to pass last week a lot because we didn't have to. This time, I think we're going to have to. Uh, I, I think we have to at least get over 100 yards passing, maybe 150, close to 200, uh, to get that victory. I, I think that's going to be important to us. Um, but there are things that I noticed, and I was looking into this a little bit more over uh, with Texas Tech. 
So their starting quarterback, uh, Tyler Show, I believe is his last name. If I've butchered that, I apologize. Um, so I looked at his career in seasons where he has thrown for over 100 yards. So certainly he came from Oregon. Um, so one of those seasons factors in over 100 yards. What am I saying? When he has had more than 100 pass attempts, um, he's completed 61%. He's had 27 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Um, that's huge. If you look at his season already, he's already thrown four interceptions. So he has more INTs than games he's played. Uh, he's also been sacked nine times. He's had four against Oregon, three at Wyoming, and even had two against Tarleton. Uh, so even in that FCS game, they still gave up two sacks. This is where West Virginia wins the game, right? Forcing turnovers and getting after the quarterback. Uh, I, I think that's kind of been a blueprint so far. We saw that at Penn State. We certainly had opportunities at INTs. We let those drop. We had two of them hit us right in the hands. Um, you know, Duquesne, that's, you can count that. Um, but it's Duquesne, right? That's that's a team you should dominate. And then against Pitt, um, we made the most of those opportunities. And, and I said before, maybe last year's defense doesn't do that. But uh, when the offense offered up the mistake, we took advantage of it. We didn't do that against Penn State. We have to do that against Texas Tech. Uh, I said before, I believe their offense is probably better than what Penn State is as far as numbers. They like to run up tempo and throw it around the yard. Um, so again, that's that's going to be our key to victory, is, is like we did with Pitt. Um, and some with Penn State is pressure and turnovers. I think that will be the difference maker in the game. Um, I expect our offense to be the same. Uh, we're suddenly not going to jump off the page and, and throw for 300 yards. Uh, but we, we have to do something, right? Uh, we need a little more balance there. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything amazing. Like I said, just move the chains, right? On those uh, second downs, if we get in the second and long, you know, make that a third and short. Uh, on first downs, make those second and short if we can get the passing game involved. Um, certainly it's going to hurt, I think, to have our backup redshirt freshman. And I know everyone's high on Nico because uh, he was a four-star, big-time recruit comes in. He certainly played in pressure games before in high school. Um, obviously, last last week was a big pressure game for him. You know, he showed out at Oklahoma State last year, helped us get the win. But when you put the words, our backup redshirt freshman quarterback, uh, I don't care who you are, you know, if you take off the, the blue and gold glasses there and just put on your... Uh, college football analyst classes, if you're looking at any team and you say, well, they're starting their redshirt freshman backup, that's going to play a major factor. And it's it's going to here. Um, so with all that said, I you know, coming up with the final score, I'm really torn. I, I really am because uh, Texas Tech can put up points. Uh, if they put up 30 I don't know if we can match that. Uh, we certainly have to put up more than 20 to win this game. And and so far, other than Duquesne, with our two power fives, we haven't. We put up, what, 16 and 17. Um, so we're, or 15 and 17, I'm sorry. So we're gonna have to do more than that. And this is where our offense needs to step up. And, you know, if the defense can get a turnover and, and shorten the field for us like they did against Pitt, that's obviously going to play a huge factor. Um, but, you know, with my rating system, it, it does have WVU winning. And then as I did my stats before, uh, you know, the stats that I picked to do my preseason rating, it did favor West Virginia. Um, however, the other set of stats did favor Texas Tech. Um, it is at home. Uh, it is a gold rush that certainly is going to have to play a factor. So in my estimation, yeah, boy, it's tough. I, I am really torn. 
um, I'm going to I'm going to take that into account. Uh, my rating system, like I said, uh, uh, the stats I went through, the the home field advantage. Hopefully, the crowd is as electric as it was before. I'm going to give the slight edge to West Virginia. Um, I will tell you now and be straightforward. I am not 100% confident in that prediction, uh, but it, it's hard for me to pick against West Virginia. It really is. Um, I think we win, I'm going to say 28 to 24. Um, I, I think we get some pressure. Clearly, uh, like I said, Texas Tech has shown that they are allowing some pressure. Uh, their quarterbacks have been sacked nine times. Again, their other QB, their starter has four interceptions already. I think we can take advantage of that. Uh, if we can, we win. If we don't, if we can get pressure, I think Texas Tech wins. So I'm, I'm hoping that that comes to fruition, that we do that. We come out 28-24. It's going to be a tight game. Um, and I'm excited. Like I said, this is this is a must win for me um, in, in my eyes to get the three and one and really project us to have a seven, at least a seven, eight win, uh, win season this year. So with that said, that's my final prediction. West Virginia 28, Texas Tech 24. Uh, I hope I'm right on this. Uh, I've been pretty close in, in all my other ones um, as far as the win losses. So let's hope I am uh, four for four coming into the season. But with that, I appreciate everyone joining me. Uh, again, I thank you for all the support. I'm up to over 300 listeners, uh, pushing on 350. I hope to get 400 by the end of the month. So again, thank you guys, and uh, let's go Mountaineers. Fellow Mountaineers, thanks for joining me for episode 10 of the Trust the Beard podcast. Remember, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just search Trust the Beard. And follow me for more content on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, at EarBeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Once again, thanks for listening. And as always, let's go Mountaineers!